We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Parag. Hopefully you can tell from this conversation that I am I, I take things very seriously, but I'm laid back. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. You may want to do some reallocations based off how you're currently invested. This podcast addresses financial issues for all ages, from those just starting out up to retirees. It's Your Finances Untangled. Untangling, that's what Mo Param does. It's untangling your finances and everything. We cover everything in finances on this show. And as I always say, uh, from, from when you start your career up to retirement, and even actually before you start your career or someone helping you get that education, that's what we're going to touch on today on Your Finances Untangled. I'm consumer advocate Dave Perkins with Mo Param. He is partner and uh, financial advisor with the firm Cloud Vest. Mo, how are you? Once again, here we are back again in the studio. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Dave. I'm doing good. Uh, as I told you last time, recovering from a ruptured Achilles. So I'm doing my best to hop around and actually got my knee scooter right next to me. So, but I'm uh, floating around the house in my knee scooter. All right, you got the knee scooter. You're not on the walker yet with the tennis balls, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I don't get to that point. Now, you you could because you mentioned in the last podcast you uh, you didn't realize your age. You thought you were 29 again, but you're still a young man. So you're not ready for the walker with the tennis balls just yet, Mo. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> Unless Tesla makes one, I'm, I'm sure they'll make one pretty cool. So now I may give that a Tesla. All right, they'll cool it up a little <laughs> bit, absolutely. Hey, we are covering uh, today, we're covering college, we're covering saving for college. I love this topic because it's something that a lot of people can really, really relate to and with the high cost of tuition. So being better prepared, the tips offered by Mo today, and actually great information at the website bankrate.com on this. So we're, we're going to look at some ways uh, that you can get started in saving for college because, Mo, that is a, that's a biggie. Uh, if, if you can get started, the earlier the better, right? The earlier, the better. You know, you just have more time to um, have a plan in place and have those funds compound over time. So the sooner you can get started, the sooner you can wrap your head around, you know, how much the cost is going to be, how much do you want to save and, uh, you know, what the time horizon is, we'll get a better sense of uh, how much we need to be putting towards this goal. But yeah, the sooner you get better, just like everything else, the sooner you do it, the better, the better chance you have of succeeding. What's so what, what, what is the best, absolute best time to start? <laughs> I always say the best time to start is yesterday. You know, exactly. If you started. Maybe but, before uh, you even start trying to have a child, maybe. <laughs> but no, you want to. Uh, yeah, you know what? That that's not a. You, you laugh and we laughed, but you know, yeah. If you if you're um, married or with someone and you're thinking of having kids and saving for college is something that you find very important, uh, very important, then it, then it doesn't hurt to start at least allocating or dedicating some funds towards this potential future cost. That's going to be, that's going to be in your, in your time horizon fairly soon. So yeah, you can start beforehand. I mean, obviously you can't put anything in in, in the child's name because the child doesn't exist, right? But <laughs> but you can but you can still, you know, kind of side mark, um, earmark some of your dollars towards this future expense. 
Well, let's say you start when that child does exist. Maybe they're one, and you're thinking, all right, okay, we, we got through all the not sleeping and, and the initial diapers and all that. Let's start thinking about it now. What should you set aside each month? I mean, you got a long time. You got 18 years. You got 18 17, years. Yeah. And, and, you know, you also have the years while they're in college, too. I mean, just because True. they start, it doesn't mean uh, at 18 we stop funding it because there's still four more years, maybe five, depending on the route they take that we're still trying to save. But how, how much should we save really depends on the person. You know, uh, I went to NYU and the cost of NYU is relatively much more expensive than the cost of a you know, a local community college or, or a public college. Mm-hmm. So so I, I'd say the first thing you want to do is really get a sense of um, how what kind of education do you want to provide for your do you want to save for your child and look at today's cost and and really gauge what that cost is going to look like down the road. And then we just backtrack and figure out how much we need to save. Uh, I was looking That's at way, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I was looking at statistics and, you know, from 2008 to 2018, so a 10-year period, the cost of private school has gone up about 25% and the cost of public schools has gone up almost 30%. So you can see what, you yeah. know, even on a 8-10 year time mark, the, the how much you need to save really needs to be keeping up with the rising cost of education. I mean, it's just rising to a level where I think it's uncontrollable. Uh, and something's going to have to change because there's going to be a lot of parents and a lot of students who are not going to be able to afford a quality co- college education just because of the rising costs. What we say is like, I mean, average, just ballpark it, um, entire college tuition. Let's just say the first four years and they say, look, you want the graduate degree? Get busy. You're on your own there. I got you. Through the- <laughs> what, what, would, what would be a good figure for that in your mind? I- in my mind, I'd say a good figure to start off with is that, you know, college, again, if you're just going to look at between a mixture of public and private, I'd say you want to earmark an estimate about $40,000 is going to cost you per so year. 40 per year. So 40, 40 I'm, per year. I'm doing some quick 40 math per, here. Yeah, 40 per year. I got 160,000 divided by, let's say you start them at one, that's 17 years. So that would be 9,411. A year. I mean, if you wanted to have the whole thing already, I mean, that's not necessarily usually not in in real grounded in reality, is it? <laughs> yeah. What did you say? Nine thousand. Nine. It's, it's about seven eighty four a month. I mean, if you wanted to, by the time they started, have it all paid for. That's right. You know, so we're looking at carving out eight hundred dollars a month. Yeah. For eighteen years. I mean, that is a. I mean, there aren't a lot of. Uh, People that can actually right. do that and exactly. afford that. They're doing other things too. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're probably paying off their own student loans. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a double whammy for many. A, and that's true. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Um, you know, we were looking at some planning for our clients this week, and it was about four or five different clients we we're doing plans for and updating and doing reviews. And, you know, we're talking about clients that are in their 50s that are still paying student loans. I mean, it's just uh, yeah. crazy. It's it, yeah. it's just um, that student loan um, and debt overall just ends up being such a chokehold and a stranglehold on, on uh, your future success. So I, I applaud all parents who are looking at ways to 
even if they can't do 100%, but at least maybe trying to put mm-hmm. some dollars set aside so that their kids aren't walking away with as much debt as possible. Well, that's true. You may not have the whole thing covered by the time they go, but you can certainly help make sure that they're not drowning in debt. All right, let, let's turn now to all right, where, where are the best, what are the best vehicles to save in for this? So one, one vehicle that you can look at is your, your, your traditional savings account. You know, if someone is not familiar with investing or not comfortable with investing or just want to look at something to do. I mean, I was talking to a client uh, yesterday and she's she has three three boys, one on the way. So she'll have four boys. And uh, right now she has about ten thousand dollars in savings accounts for the three boys, for the three boys that are around. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's literally just sitting in cash. So that is a vehicle that one can look at to, to put money aside for college. But you can imagine the draw the drawdown to that is there's no growth, right? And we didn't factor uh, inflation in our little calculation there too. Why do you want to scare our listeners here? So, uh, <laughs> exactly, and because uh, with, without if you're not making anything, you're not keeping pace, right? Yeah, yeah. If if you're if you're, if you're not making anything, just the cost of living inflation is going to erode your your purchasing power, your your dollars. So. But it is something, you know, like you said, like we said, you may not have it all. You may not have 100 percent. But if you have something that's better than nothing. So one option could be just putting some dollars into a savings account. Well, you're right. Something's better than nothing. But what about the 529? Okay, so the 529 is is probably the number one uh, or most popular vehicle that parents are using to save for college. A 529 plan allows you to uh, to invest, put money aside, either monthly, quarterly, annually, however you decide to do it. The growth, now hopefully it grows because you're investing it, but yeah. the growth is tax deferred, meaning that you're not paying any taxes uh, on the growth. It's very similar to what you may see in your 401ks or IRAs. The growth is just tax deferred. Now, the key thing to this is as long as you use those funds for qualified college expenses, okay. tuition, books, uh, room and board, uh, the entire account is tax-free to you. Okay. So, is, wow. Okay. That's, that's good. That's huge. Right? That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, let's say you were to put in 50 grand over the course of 18 years and you had a great, great returns and uh, great experience. And let's say you just have 100 grand. You have 100 grand by the time your child turns 18. That fifty grand of growth, you didn't pay any taxes along the way, and that entire hundred grand that you're going to be spending for education purposes is all tax free to you. Okay, that's well, huge. That's already better than the regular savings account, right there. That's already that's <laughs> well, already definitely. that's already better right there. Now you can't uh, take but, that money and spend it on something. It's got to be spent on a qualified education. Exactly. Expended. Now, now the draw the drawback to that is what you just mentioned. If you do use it for anything outside of qualified um, college expenses, then there is a penalty. You okay. are, uh, you will be taxed, and there's a 10% penalty on it as well. So some parents are looking at it as, well, it's a uh, – the drawback to it is they have to use it for education. Mm-hmm. So what if, you know, your child decides to join uh, the military right. or, this, or decides not to go to college? You know, college is not for everybody. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, you've built this reserve that is a tax now bomb, right? <laughs> a, a tax right? bomb, right? Yeah. Uh, 
you can change beneficiaries. So if you had one child and that child decides not to go to college and there's, you know, little Timmy's behind. Then little you Timmy, you're going it. to college, whether you like it or not. <laughs> whether you like it or not. But that's one drawdown to a 529 plan. Because you're right about with the military. I mean, then it would be covered. So, yeah, little Timmy's going to have to get it. All right, 529 looks good. And good tax strategy there with that as long as you use it for college. What about a Roth IRA? That's right, a Roth IRA. So uh, Roth IRAs are retirement accounts. You know, they, have, they are though they're there for individuals who are looking to save for money. I mean, say save for money, save for retirement. Mm-hmm. But one thing you are allowed to do in a Roth IRA is you can actually take withdrawals. Uh, from a Roth IRA, assuming that it's been over at least five years in existence, um, you can actually take a portion of your of your Roth IRA and use it for college expenses. And so that is actually a pretty nice feature because you had the tax deferred growth along the way, and now you're able to use uh, a portion of that of that Roth IRA to pay for taxes. I mean, to pay for your college expenses. Okay, so that's a that's a nice feature. Right, good strategies here. And by the way, our conversation is is based on really a, a great article at bankrate.com on how to save for college. So we want to give them credit for it. They've laid out a lot of good strategies. So we're discussing these. Uh, the strategies you already really, you knew all of these, Mo, because you know the financial world and all the aspects of it. What is a Coverdell Education Savings Account? Oh, that's a mouthful. That's what it is. Yeah, that it is. <laughs> is it worth all those words? <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, a Coverdell Education Savings Account, uh, or sometimes you may see it as a Coverdell ESA. Uh, it's a it's an education account that you can put towards. It's uh, uh, an account that you can save in, uh, for education. One of the limitations behind it is the amount that you can actually contribute to it. You can only contribute $2,000 a year into the account. So if we start looking at the math we did before of, we might need to even have nine grand, a little over nine grand a year to have 100,000. You can see that the limitations um, of a Coverdell only allows you to put two grand a year into these accounts. Okay, okay. But you could put the rest somewhere else then or kind of mix it up a little bit? If, If that's really good, but you're limited... Could you put a little there and some, some, well, obviously you could do that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a variety. It's a balance. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, when it comes to planning, I'm never an either or kind of person. It's not that black and white. You can mix some gray in there. I think we can always be a little bit of a uh, diversity. We can always diversify and use multiple vehicles to accomplish the same goal. Um, uh, one, all the draw, one other drawback behind the Cupperdale is that it has to be, uh, the, the account has to be used by the time the, um, the beneficiary is 30. Okay. So it, so there is a drawback behind that. So there is a, a time clock that you have to start using these funds. Okay. Let's say somebody's 45 and they're like, mom and dad, it's time for me to get out of this basement. I'm going to college. <laughs> that Coverdale's not going to work for them. Is it? It's not. It's not okay. going to work for them at all. <laughs> all right, what are prepaid tuition plans? I mean, it sounds like that's what we're talking about all all through, all through this podcast. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and semantics. Yeah, we're, we're trying to prepay for college. Um, but a prepaid tuition plan is is literally you are you've identified a school that you want your child to go to. Okay, so, ah, so think about that. Okay. 
and you are looking at the and what happens is the school and you come up with an agreement and it's mainly the school tells you how much it's going to cost and you prepay that cost of the education. So if, if in today's dollars, if it's going to cost, I like simple math, $100,000, you prepay that cost for that college. And it works, has a lot of the same tax benefits as the 529, as long as you use um, the, that $100,000 for the cost of, your, of the schooling for that particular school, you're fine. There's no taxes along in it. Okay. But the downside to it is, well, you've made that decision for your child to go to that school. Um, what if your child decides not to go to that school? You know, what if he or she wants to go out of state and all of a sudden you've prepaid for, you know, college A, but your child wants to go to college B. So they could get a, a refund if you, uh, really? you can use. Okay. What, the it, penalty it, or, at all or just a it, full refund? Yeah, they could be. It's not a full refund. No, not a full. So there's a. Okay. So there's a. You know, the it is a it is a risk that you are taking because you are setting aside uh, money to a college that you know that they're going to hold some may, of it. Yeah. It's going to hold some of it. I mean, there is a give and take towards. All right, it. little Timmy, you got to uh, go two semesters here first. Sorry, they're not giving <laughs> that money back. Right, right. So, yeah. So that's one option. You know, is is one way of. Again, like a 529, you can um, use it for another beneficiary. So if your child, the first child goes to another college and your second child wants to go to uh, that particular school you've saved for and prepaid for, you can do that without the tax penalties. But I'm not a big fan of the prepaid tuition because of all the of all the ropes that are there, you know, you have to, you know, you're basically making that decision for your child. Yeah, really. to go there. Yeah. I, it seems like there's so many better ways than to just pick that one college. Now we're looking at, at strategies and saving for college and getting started early is number one. What about gifting to your children? What's that about? Is that a yeah, good strategy? It's a good strategy. You know, the, there's something called an UGMA, U-G-M-A. UGMA. Uh, <laughs> it's a uniform gifts to minors account. I'm uh, sorry, uniform gift to minors act. Not okay. account. Um, and then there's an UTMA, U-T-M-A, which is a uniform transfer to minors account, uh, act. I keep saying account, but it's an act. Uh-huh. Um, and essentially what it is, it's another way to, to save for education. Um, you're basically gifting um, these, uh, these funds to your child and as long as they use it again for education, well, actually, they don't even have to use it for education purposes. You're, the hope is that they're using it for education. Mm -hmm. It's a way to build um, uh, wealth for your kids at, when they're minors. The, one of the downsides to it is since you're gifting these accounts, these accounts, I'm sorry, since you're gifting these funds, these accounts actually become ownership to the child once they turn age of majority. Oh, you so can't, the, oh, you can't so, ungift it? I mean, if they say, look, I'm not going to college, I'm joining a commune and, and I'm going to travel Europe, you can't ungift it then? You, you can't ungift it. It is their account. It becomes legally their account okay. at the age of 18 or, nine, or 21, depending like on what that. state they're in. So you can have all the best intentions in the world. And all of a sudden at 18, um, we're gonna we're gonna use we're gonna pick on little Timmy again. The <laughs> little Timmy decides to buy himself a uh, a very expensive sports car with the money that you've saved. Hey Dan, I got a Lamborghini. Thanks for that money. <laughs> I'll see you in the basement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so much for that man cave you've been dreaming of. Oh, 
so that's one of the downsides to it is that it actually becomes um, a possession of the of the child at 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 the age of majority. So be very careful with the uh, with the UGMA accounts if if that's something that you really want to do specifically for college education. Uh, but again, it is another way, another vehicle, another way for us to invest and uh, potentially have some growth and have money set aside for education for your kids. So is a trust in the family of UGMA? Uh, a trust is different. A trust okay. is actually you're setting up a trust. And basically what you're doing with the trust is you're shielding. You're taking money out of your estate and uh, building some wealth, building uh, some money set aside for your kids. Now that the trust doesn't have that much, that many tax benefits or as much tax benefits as uh, the other, some of the other strategies we talked about before. But essentially what you're doing is you're setting up this account that could potentially uh, be used for education. You set the trust and in the language of the trust, as long as it's being used for education purposes, we're all fair and square. Uh, well, but one of the downsides to that is that you could be paying some income taxes uh, within the trust, because essentially the trust is acting like an actual person. So you could be paying some taxes um, uh, within the trust itself. So that's a very that I don't really see that happening much, very, very often. Mm -hmm. um, but it is an option. And that's one of if, it, if that is the option or route that you really that you're going to take. I really definitely do. Um, advice that you speak with a financial advisor, uh, an accountant to really understand, uh, and obviously an attorney as well, because they're going to be the ones drafting this trust, but really understand the complexity behind building this uh, building this, uh, this trust, oh. because we, we don't want to put their, their child in a bad state, but also we want to do things efficiently and we want to make sure that we're saving for education in a tax efficient manner. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say uh, that Mo Param is a financial advisor and he knows all the aspects of the financial universe and he is partner and financial advisor with the firm Cloud Vesters and that's cloudvesters.com, C-L-O-U-D-V-E-S-T-O-R-S.com. Uh, and we're looking at ways to save for college, some strategies. Now, we've got a couple more here, Mo. I think you even added one, but um, I, I'm going to give you my layperson pick at the end of this. And so I was going to ask what's your favorite, but all right, treasury sure. bonds, what do you do with that? Um, oh, treasury bonds, you know, uh, treasury bonds, what you can do with that is put money aside and understand that you're probably going to have any growth <laughs> inside of treasury uh -huh. bonds. I mean, the yield of treasury bonds right now are just, are, 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 not even worth mentioning because there's just they're just so minuscule. Oh, right. But yeah. but what they are is, is it's a it's a very low risk way of of saving over time. You know, treasury bonds were very popular um, during our grandparents' days, where uh, you know you were in exchange for money, in exchange for giving um, basically a, a loan out to the government. I still say buy rate. bonds, buy yeah. bonds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I still believe in the full faith of the, of the, of the U S economy and the U S government, but, but the returns that you get from, from treasury bonds, uh, now are not as they used to be before, you know, where even we would get the high single figures to even maybe even double, double digits. Now we're looking at if you can scrape out 1%, you're doing good. Mm -hmm. um, so it works very similar. Well, at least the, the expectations are very similar to what you would, what you would find in a savings account. But uh, it's just another vehicle, another very conservative, um, safe, 
I mean, we're talking treasury bonds, so they're they're backed by the full faith of the government. So, um, so there's, the inherent risk is very low, but also the returns that you receive are very low as well. So, right. temper your expectations if you if you're if you're planning to keep up with inflation or keep up with any type of market market returns with the treasury bonds. Yeah, absolutely. Probably sounds like not enough to keep up. Now, what's your surprise ninth strategy? You know, I was surprised that it wasn't on this um, on this article at Bankrate. But what about a brokerage investment account? Okay, you know, you know, we can look at an investment account, a brokerage investment account um, that can be comprised of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. We can be very creative on how we how we and how we invest and what the strategy is. But that is another vehicle that can be used for education purposes. I mean. when you open up an account with, uh, you know, your own individual or joint, if you're married, brokerage account, there's no restrictions from uh, F1 about how much you can contribute to them. I mean, you can put, you know, most of these, uh, the 529 does have contribution limits, but the brokerage account doesn't have any limits. So you can start pumping in as much money as you want into these accounts. Uh, also, there's no limitations on what you can use the money for. So if you want to use it for high school, if you want to use it for college, if you want to use it for, hmm. you know, um, anything else in between, okay. you have access to this money. So I was surprised that they didn't mention just having a brokerage individual or joint brokerage account to save for education. So if you it send could be a, to an expensive, as you said, expensive uh, K through 12 school, you could use it for that? Like yeah, a private school, okay, uh-huh. like a private school, you can use a five twenty nine for that as well. But, you can, uh, okay. but yeah, yeah, th- that was something that changed recently. Uh, before five twenty nines were just used for edu- for college education, but uh, recently there were some um, updates to the tax laws that now allows you to use it for K through twelve. Uh, you're limited to how much you can use through K th- from from K through twelve, but yes, but it but you do but you still do have access to those funds. But a brokerage account, you can literally. Use it for any purpose that you want. You can use as much as you want. You can invest as much as you want. Okay. So is it the end-all, be-all? No. but nothing is. It is a, really. it, it, nothing is. But can it be used as a tool for education? And uh, the answer is yes. You know, I, I nobody cares about my layperson opinion, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. But And, and I, I don't know. You've thrown me. Uh, I was going to say 529. Now that last one I, might be my favorite, but that doesn't matter. What matters is what's your favorite? Uh, my favorite. I uh, don't really have – surprisingly, I don't have a favorite one because, mm-hmm. again, things can always change, and uh, we don't want to just be stuck with one strategy. But I, uh, my favorite is using a blend. How about that? Okay. Is using using a blend. Uh, for us, we've and what I've seen with uh, what we've done with our clients is we use a blend. We use a blend of five twenty nine plans. There are some tax benefits if you use a, a, your state's five twenty nine plan. Uh, that doesn't restrict you from sending your child to a school in that state. Just means that you get some tax breaks um, while you're investing. We use a combination of the brokerage account. Again, that gives us more freedom and uh, more liquidity um, for uh, uh, for us, where we're not restricted on how we want to use the funds. And um, you know, those are really the two. You know, Kevin, yeah. for me, would be the two balances I, w- I would take a look at. But again, everything is. Uh, that's the great thing about planning. That's what I love about planning is 
what may be good for you may not be what's best for someone That's else. That's true. Yeah. And so, and so what we do is we put together these uh, the customized customized strategy that's specific for you. Well, I wouldn't do the savings account. I wouldn't do UGMA. And there's one other one I wouldn't do. That I mean, I know I wouldn't do it. UGMA savings and oh, oh I guess they're they're the two. <laughs> Treasury bond, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe Treasury bond. There you go. That's the third one. Mo, this is once again good strategies here. Uh, really good information for something that's really expensive. So the earlier the better. Before you even meet your significant other, start. Maybe when you're a child, start. <laughs> it's expensive. It's expensive. It's expensive. You know. Um, you know. Statistics say that. You know, if you have a college education, you t- typically have a better chance for a higher paying um, career um, down the road. But you know, there's a cost to that. And um, the, the sooner you embrace that cost, um, the, the, the better chance you have to succeeding. And also, and, and the whole point is, you know, we're just trying to alleviate our kids from having um, a tumultuous amount of student loan debt by the time they graduate. So, um, and the third, actually a third option is, you know, there's nothing wrong with working while you're in college. Absolutely. So, um, I had, I had multiple jobs to help pay for my education. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, whether it was working at the library, working at the computer center, uh, being an RA. So that way I had, uh, free housing. Yeah. So, you know, there are ways that you can, you know, while you're in college, you know, put some ownership, um, have some, uh, you know, have the, the, your child have some sweat equity. Absolutely. In, in, in their education. So. I agree with that. A hundred percent, you know, ownership yeah. in it. You are, you're dead on with that. Well, Mo, I like this. Uh, now we, we, we cover everything. As I said, you know, we take it all the way up to retirement today. We're looking at in many ways, young parents, uh, getting started early for their children. So they're not burdened with too much debt when they enter the workforce. Mo, once again, I look forward to when we get back in the studio and cover the next topic same here same here so dave thank you for always joining me and as always uh, uh rate us review us share us like us um spread the word we're doing great things we're educating and we just love to to, to just be a voice for uh, for everyone to listen to so uh thanks everyone and uh we'll be here next week on your finances untangled Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Mo Param nor his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.